0: We are primal creatures and we are instinctually part of a tribe. Your corporate job becomes part of your tribe. I like to say your tribe is a people that you gather with. Everybody has their own skill set. They have their own job. You're all working in a mission towards something greater than yourself. That is very symbolic of what's happening in corporate. So in order to think about leaving corporate, you're essentially saying, am I willing to leave the tribe? What comes up with leaving the tribe? Dishonor abandonment. All kinds of stuff rises up, but we only know it as like, no, I'm too scared to leave my corporate job.
1: What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is a Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Ellen Tai, an expert at bringing organization to chaos. For over nine years, Ellen has served entrepreneurs and business teams in the areas of project management, operations, and leadership training. This led her to see two major areas that need attention. One of them, many companies are being run primarily through old programming and broken structures which cause employees to disengage from their creative genius. And the other, powerful business leaders are depleted and empty despite having it all from a financial perspective. Because of this. Ellen founded her corporate and small business consulting firm and developed two trademark methods to revolutionize the businesses she works with. If systems optimization and process flow is of interest to you, as well as ways to improve your team communication standards, this episode is for you. Please welcome to the show, Ellen Ty. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finney here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today, I have the pleasure to be speaking with Miss Ellen Ty. Super stoked for this conversation, and we're gonna get right into it. But before we do, how are you doing today?
0: So good. So happy to be here.
1: Happy to have you. And before you jumped on the episode here today, you told me something that I don't think anybody has told me before they got on the show, you were hypnotized earlier today?
0: I did a hypnosis tapping session right before and it's something that I scheduled yesterday for a block that was coming through. And it actually, the answers that came out were directly related to what this episode is gonna be about, so I love the synchronicities.
1: (laughs) Awesome, and a couple questions. When you say block, what do you mean?
0: Oh, okay. So blocks are my specialty, anything interference patterns. If I start to notice something is coming up and it's creating any kind of interference and where I want to go, I am going to get that block out of the way. I'm going to transform it so I can step over it, use it as a stepping stone to get to where I need to be. But I feel like that's essentially what this game is all about is seeing where you can use your blocks to get to the next level.
1: What would be a practical example of a block? So, for somebody out there listening, like they're thinking they have a block in their life, what would that mm-hmm. look like so we can relate?
0: Yeah. So anybody who's feeling disorganized or chaotic usually means that there's several levels of blocks. And sometimes those can be practical blocks about something is taking away your energy. Other times it can be a block that you're creating for yourself. So this is a mindset block. So you'll hear commonly there's money blocks or connection blocks. You can have blocks in dating. You can have blocks in, I mean, a lot of blocks in entrepreneurship. And that's the cool thing about entrepreneurship is it's essentially you have to do the inner work and the outer work at the same time. It's impossible to get to the next level if you're so worried about, well, what if so-and-so, what what do they think about me? Block.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm starting to understand this. So when you go – when you notice that you have a block and you go to – is it hip, called hypnosis or hypnotize or what's the word?
0: I don't know what he calls it. I think that they're called – Actually, I have no idea. I call them trauma integration sessions. I think that he has some much more positive spin to that because, (laughs) right, we got to stay in the positive. But uh, yeah, essentially what it is, is you're tapping on different parts of your body that are, I think, your emotion centers. I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize. But you're doing that at the same time. And when you're doing that, you're reaching into whatever you think the block is. And he's going to guide you and navigate you into a direction that helps you to understand actually what's really trying to come through. Because it may not be related to that. And that's part of the work that I do is that we look at everything from a holistic level because nothing is separate. Nothing's ever separate. So uh, we do that and then we'll do a bit of hypnosis. I don't think it's your traditional going under, but we'll go back up, 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 above, go back into a memory, a childhood memory, and we will rewrite that memory, which is so powerful. highly recommend
1: yeah, it's something that I, again, when I first when we first got on here, I've never, I don't even think I've ever heard anybody really talk about being hypnotized or hypnosis. There's so many hot things out there uh, these days. But so when you're mentioning like tapping, like how long does that? last? Like if I were to go sign up for this, Mm -hmm. what does it look like? Is it 20 minutes, an hour? How long is the typical session?
0: The sessions are an hour. The actual tapping is throughout, but I mean, it's like probably 10 or 20 minutes. It's just an aspect of it. But what you're doing is you're releasing whatever needs to come out. And there's only so much that we can do with our logical mind about what I think that I want. Oh, I think that I want this. It's like, we need to go deeper, 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 deeper. What's what's creating
1: that? I love that. And you mentioned synchronicity with what we want to talk about here today. So what was coming up with you today that you kind of like wanted to get out there into the world? And then let's kick this conversation into high gear. I'll, I'll ask a couple of questions that I've seen come up uh, just from looking at your social page and just knowing you. Uh, so very much looking forward to the conversation. But when you mentioned the synchronicities, what was it that was coming up? so that we can uh, shine light on that.
0: Mm, Okay, so this one goes a little bit deeper. We might need to do some context, but I'll just do a very high level that I am so, so passionate about making sure that heart center leaders are supported. And part of this entrepreneurial journey is going through what I like to call the discovery, the exploration phase, which never really ends. But at a certain point, you get a pretty good grasp on what am I here to offer, who am I here to serve until you move on to something else, I suppose. Um, In that exploratory phase, you have to actually go out and experience life in order to get that back. And I still was lingering on like, what is my deeper why? This is kind of connected to something called the hero's journey, which essentially is you take a core wound that you were meant to have. That's part of your journey. And from that, you create the passion to go see that change must be made in the world. And if you're not operating from that center and not from a center of pain, but it does help to understand why you're doing this, because when you get on stage or you get in front of people, you're realizing like, this is not about me being seen. This is not about me being seen on the podcast. This is about me removing my ego, allowing the words to come through from a place of I see you, I understand you everything's going to be okay. So part of the session that came just a couple hours ago was this idea of going back to a memory where I felt like I wasn't able to use my voice. And part of that ability to not be able to use my voice was, you know, we were on a family car trip and I, being the person that I am, I'm quick to be able to see when things are out of integrity. And even as a kid, I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) I would just like to tell you you're out of integrity, right? Being able to see right from wrong, being able to connect as a highly uh, emotional person, it's not qualities that are necessarily nurtured in an environment that doesn't respect those qualities. And throughout time, one of my biggest beliefs is we as heart-centered leaders have have to have the ability to say that's not the direction that we want leadership to go. And I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a change in the world. And it is so powerful that there are so many people that are highly emotionally intelligent and intellectual and motivated and driven. And they still haven't been able to break out of that box of the program. And that's what I want to help people do is like get out of that box. You don't need to be in that box. Come up and come out, come online.
1: I could go in a million different directions. with what you just said, but I want to give you a compliment because it's refreshing to have somebody else on here who talks as fast as I do.
0: (laughs) So many times we were like, slow down, slow down. No, I I
1: love this. This is like, I'm very ecstatic for... I mean, the next, what are we, seven minutes in, next hour of this conversation to be on the same wavelength with that because the same thing happened with me is like I, getting out of the box, a lot of getting out of the box was allowing my, my passion to, si- to shine through, right? And so many people withhold their own passion because they're trying to fit some narrative that somebody else told them. So before we go into how you're helping other people unbox themselves, I would love to learn a little bit more about yourself and your story and how you went about unboxing. I'm going to go with that word. I don't know if you yeah. use that word, but I feel like it sounds sounds good. Um, how you did that with yourself first, because maybe somebody can relate to your story. So give a little bit of, of your background so that anybody else listening out there, they can kind of attach to the fact that there's somebody else out there like me. Because for me, when I think of when I was following somebody else's narrative or society's narrative, a lot of the things that I was telling myself in my own mind was like, nobody gets it. Nobody understands. I I'm on this I'm on this journey and a lot of it sucks and just nobody's going to understand when the reality is like a lot of people have the same thoughts, the same feelings, the same insecurities. And I was just allowing my ego to kind of justify the fact that I was stuck. So for everybody out there that would love to connect with your journey and your mission and what you're on, I think telling a little bit about your background and how you've gotten to this point could be helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Uh, after I graduated college, I got a job at one of the world's biggest surf brands. And I moved out to that part of California to go work there. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, I am a badass. This is amazing. But I was put in the sales department when my background is entirely in marketing. And um, it was not a right fit. But there were some things that happened in that job where I just remember I was going into the bathroom like, every day just silently crying like don't let anybody see <laughs> your weaknesses but I remember them telling me a few things like you need to have a tougher skin and when you talk to our boss you need to say this and this and this and it was just out of integrity but being so young you don't realize like this must be okay because they're older than me and they have so much more experience that this must be okay and the fact that I'm feeling sad it's just because I'm weak so I could just get a tougher skin etc cetera, etc cetera. that job I ended up getting fired from that job three months into it. And that was devastating for me because let me just paint a picture. I am an overachiever, perfectionist. I own my shadows. I know it. And I was blown away. And that ended up being one of my Biggest blessings um, because it really was God navigating me in a direction that I needed to be with my family at the time and for many reasons. Ended up getting much better jobs throughout that time in my career, but being able to witness things that were happening in corporate from leadership, um, I went into project management and operations and fell in love with operations, not so much project management, because I was able to come up from a thousand foot view and see where all the... Deviations were like what's blocking us from being the best team we can be and doing the best work and solving these problems faster. So, just like you, I'm an efficiency nerd. Everything is about efficiency, time, and energy. Um, I actually created an algorithm to better understand that, that we can talk about at some point. But um, while I'm out here studying operations and being in business and learning strategy and learning how teams work and dynamics and all that, every night I would find myself hungry for self-development knowledge. I mean, everything I could get my hand on. And my neuroses, I say my neuroses is your gift because part of my coaching is that I have experienced and explored so many different modalities of breaking through blocks because I'm obsessed with breaking through blocks um, that I've been able to translate that as opportunities and pathways for people to get through whatever blocks that they're working through. Um, And so... A little bit about my journey after that is I ended up breaking out of corporate, uh, becoming an independent process consultant, which means I would go into businesses and give them a report of anything that's blocking their workflow and then rebuild the system for them. And I also built a second business, which is part of my passion project. It's called Work-Life Soul Balance. And it's essentially learning, taking things that I've learned in process and operations and transforming that into self-development. That was a lot.
1: (laughs) I love it. What were some of the blocks that you ran into when you transitioned out of the corporate world? Because there's a lot of our listeners that I feel like they fall in two parts. They're either the person that's has a corporate job right now and they're thinking about starting something on the side or jumping ship and starting something, or they're an entrepreneur um, and they are feeling a little bit stuck in where they're at or what they should be doing because there is no blueprint to entrepreneurship. So that's one of the blocks is just like, Oh, we're always attaching ourselves to like, where's, where's the study guide to the test But the reality is in business. There is no study guide. You just got to do. Um, but for you, when you think back to your story and you first kind of jumped ship, what were some of the blocks that you had to conquer to get to where you're at today?
0: Mm. The number one I will say was what I call it the glass cage. If you have the courage to blast through a glass cage, you're gonna have the courage to meet everything on that level of the game. So imagine everything is just part of the video game and in order to get to the next level, you gotta be willing to blast through the cage. And the blast blasting through the cage of corporate is recognizing that you may be in a family that is not entrepreneurs and they don't understand how entrepreneurship works and everything is about safety, financial safety, the 401k, the health insurance, the not being a part of a team. Those are all mental uh, confinements that we have to have the trust and the courage to break through. Um, And one of them, I'll talk about one of them, breaking free of a team. We are primal creatures and we are instinctually part of a tribe, your corporate job becomes part of your tribe. I like to say your tribe is a people that you gather with. Everybody has their own skill set. They have their own job. You're all working in a mission towards something greater than yourself. That is very symbolic of what's happening in corporate. So in order to think about leaving corporate, you're essentially saying, am I willing to leave the tribe? What comes up with leaving the tribe? Dishonor, abandonment, all kinds of stuff rises up, but we only know it as like, no, I'm too scared to leave my corporate job. Like we got to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what I try to reflect people is like, what if we thought about it like this? What if we looked at it like this? You know, what, what would that experience be like? Um, That one, another one for entrepreneurship is showing up online. If social media is a pathway for, for you. And I know it is for a lot of people. So I'll just say that one. Um, What happens when people see me? like really see me? What happens if they see me struggle? What happens if they see me try something that I'm not sure about? Um, Launch a program that I'm not sure about. And the other thing is coming from a place where you are going to try a marketing strategy that lights you up. So it's not so much about the return that you're going to get because you're not going to get return right away. You're not you're not. So if you're like I'm going to get on so I mean common one. This is my favorite. I'm going to get on social media and the minute I launch my program, everybody's going to want to sign up. <laughs> they're they're so excited to be on it. It's like mm, one person signed up, which is still such a goal. But still it's like um you think that so many people care and really they're like we support you, you know? But tell <laughs> us why. And then you have to learn all these factors of marketing of telling us why. Um so That's part of why I started my own podcast because I recognized that I loved having conversations with other heart-centered leaders. I would have done it for free. I'll do it for free. And this time we just have a camera that's recording us. So that makes it really easy.
1: I think your view of the corporate world and the tribalism is brilliant. I've never heard it articulated that way. So did you make that up? Did you read that somewhere that was just made up? Yeah, that, that is brilliant. You need to write about it, talk about it um get that out there, especially talking about, like, what happens when you leave that culture reminds me of, like, when I left my first job and just some of the people there, one of the reasons I left was because of them. Like, I just didn't like how they showed up. I didn't believe in their leadership. And years go by and you start seeing that some of these people are following you. And then, like, I'd, I'd run into some people at a wedding or, um, at social gatherings, and they literally change their entire tune. And it really reminds me of something. It's just like, at first, they question you, and then eventually they become your fan. Like they're going to hate on you, question you, criticize you, and then you have to work so hard that eventually like that person is like, oh now i get it but that in between phase that people don't understand we always criticize like we always criticize what we don't know and i think that kills that's what kills so many dreams before they even get started especially in the entrepreneurial world because people don't want to go through that phase of like and i mean i'm in it right now i i this this topic really hits home because i'm in this phase of All the businesses that I'm working on, and including the podcast, there's traction, but there's not like I have fuck you money, and I and like people understand exactly how I went about my life. Now, when this has a million downloads, and it's making me six to seven figures a year, and some of my businesses have blossomed and they're making seven to eight figures a year, and I'm either the CEO of one, or I'm an angel investor, I whatever I designate myself as a title to the appropriate mannerisms that society likes then they'll understand it but in the middle phase when I'm you mentioned social media showing up and being the photo videographer the photographer the host like the the host of bringing the guests in the person sending the emails the person booking the meetings like you're literally doing it all but the average person just can't even understand that What's up guys, I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Ellen. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Ellen Ty. So I'd love to learn a little bit more of like, how did you learn all of this. Were there any books you read, courses you took, people you interacted with that kind of helped speed up your process? Because project management, I believe I was a project manager as well, I believe is a very good transition into entrepreneurship. If you were a project manager, that's a, like if you're in the corporate world and you want to go towards a career prior to jumping into entrepreneurship, go be a project manager. It, it'll challenge you in ways that you can't even fathom. But it also mimics entrepreneurship of like having multiple projects, having to delegate, having to understand the whole scope of a project and a timeline. Entrepreneurship is very similar to that. But you also are still boxed in a little bit when you're working for another corporation. And there is no blueprint, like I said. So when you were transitioning, what were you looking towards? Who were you looking towards? And how were you going about? understanding what you should learn to be successful at what you were doing.
0: So part of the reason that my program is called work-life soul balance is because I believe everything is an integration. So I'm just going to say right off the bat, divine alignment and God. And I'll tell you why, because I had never heard of somebody who was doing process consultants for creatives, which I specialize in creatives and marketing teams, who was also doing life coaching and business coaching And my aunt is an angel. I I swear she's an angel on this earth. She always brings in the right people at the right time. And she said, oh, by the way, I have a friend that I think that you should meet. And I got on the phone with her and ended up having her be my coach. And she was the first person that just taught me some of the, some of the game. And she was also the person that was like, yeah, I'm charging X hourly. And I realized, and it was that day that I went from charging $60 an hour to $120 an hour at the time, because I realized like, oh, this is not corporate life. Like I can charge this much because this is what I'm about to do for their business. And I'm going to get in, get out. They don't have liability. They don't, they're not responsible for me. They're not giving me any benefits. I'm going to get in, get out, and I'm going to transform the entire way that they do business for years in the game. And so you're not just coming in and being like, I'm charging for a month of my time. You're coming in to completely transform their business. And so that gets paid well. So um, I am hungry for business podcasts. I mean, I... Business anything, business books, business podcasts, spirituality, I just consume. I'm constantly consuming. And that can be out of detriment sometimes because I can overconsume. <laughs> I have to tell myself to stop and actually like go out. But there's probably about 50 podcasts that I have listed out on my website. I wouldn't even know which one to go through because I go through so many stages and seasons where I'm shifting who I'm listening to based on the specific block that I'm working through. One of my favorite books for spirituality is A Return to Love, A Course in Miracles. That really reminds me that uh, what is money really and what is love really? And that brings me back to center to realizing that I am here to provide value and give my service and to support people. And in return, they are going to support me. And that's that. So when I get into a place of like, how much is the max that I could charge somebody, right? Because my lizard brain wants to go back there. I need to make a living too. And then I come back to... Provide the value, let this grow, let it be a slow growth. For me, very much believe in having it be a slow growth because I'm not here to get quick wins. I'm here to learn the videographer's position and learn the host position and learn this and learn that because at some point in my life, I'm going to be delegating that work and I want to know what that person Mm. went through. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That is gold right there. Say that one more time.
0: I want to be able to walk in these positions to know exactly what are they working through and not as an interpretation, them telling me what they're working through, but because I've been on the ground doing what they're doing. So I know what to pay them. I know what kind of blocks might come up for them. I know how to support them and make sure that they have all of the resources that they need because eventually I'm going to be in that position. So I want to know what they're doing.
1: That's brilliant advice. It's something that is so undervalued in today's fast-paced world of the one good thing of like 50 years ago is they would start at the ground level and there was people that started at the ground level and worked there all the way up through the years and they got their pension at the end it's like okay cool like that's not for me right but there's talking about integrity and like respecting that person for their level of value that they've brought to the game as you call it is so undervalued in today's world because most people just want to be the millionaire investor without building anything. And it reminds me of myself of I've always wanted to invest in other people and and coach and educate and invest in their businesses. Well, the only way that I can be a great investor of knowledge energy resources and money is that if i understand who i'm investing in so the, the way that you understand the business world is like go start something what are those people struggling with what are the biggest struggles of a small business owner of a startup of a mid-level business of a big business understanding those things and those principles will make me a better investor but a lot of people are just like i just want to skip step a b c d e get all the way to z what do you think has conditioned us to be like that because what you just said is rare most people don't want to learn the video or the how to host or how to build a team they just want to stay in their comfort zone and either a get paid to do whatever their one single thing is or they're they're basically they want to have the the gold without ever having to go on the journey. What has conditioned us to to be like that?
0: I think part of it is social media is that we only see the wins and the success. Um, I think it's also that that's not everybody's path. I think that's a lot of people's path, but it's not everybody's path. It is your path. And one day you're going to look back on this moment and know exactly why you were able to fix that camera right before this podcast started. (laughs) And, um, all of it I was stressing over sense. that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But that's part of being a multi-passionate entrepreneur is like part of you has many different passions. The fact that you can do all of these things is incredible. So because you can do it, um, but other people, they just focus in on their one zone of genius and maybe delegate out the rest. And maybe that's not part of their journey or maybe they're skipping a few steps. Who knows? Everybody's different. But um, the conditioning of that, I think it is
1: – Well. Let me rephrase because you bring up a great point, and I want to clarify like, not everybody should be an entrepreneur. Not everybody should do multiple things. Like, I mean, some people, like, if you have kids, like, one of your things could be you take care of your family. Like, there, there's so many facets to this. I'm more talking about the conditioning that, like, the path that we're on is seen as I'm leaving the tribe. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that people don't understand that me acquiring skills and doing multiple different things is seen as lesser than just having a job with a title that fits their narrative solely because maybe I make 100K there versus the first year of your business, you only made 20K, but you learned a variety of skills that are going to make you a million dollars five years down the road. So it's just like, why are we seen as the outlet? O- outsiders, uh, why have we been conditioned to kind of have to fit into this box as you would call it? That's, that's more yeah, of yeah. Okay, the path gotcha. I was going down with that.
0: I believe that the reason that that happens is because we live in a programming where if you're not walking in the assembly line you are considered to be doing something unsafe and possibly even unsafe and so we don't even want to associate with you unless we know that you're walking in your own assembly line or some other assembly line but right now we are walking this way and you're over here and we don't know what you're doing we don't know if you're safe (laughs) you know I, i don't think that people consciously think about that but subconsciously we're like Have you ever had a phase in your life where you're kind of like, you know, the growing phase? You're not that cute.
1: (laughs) Um, Like literally, you can ask my wife this, (laughs) 10 years of my life, maybe like age nine through 19 years old. Like I had braces for six years. Like I had a bowl cut, acne. I was only a hundred, like I wasn't even a hundred pounds going into college. So pretty much. One third of my life. Yeah, right. Okay. So
0: everybody has that growth phase where they're like, you know, maybe the aunt comes by and they're like, oh, you have a wonderful child right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know? That's a Uh, nice way of putting it. Right, right, right. So it's that awkward phase. It's the awkward phase. And entrepreneurship, the first one to four years, it's the awkward phase before people can really start acknowledging um, encouraging and then you get really sexy and they're like oh my god i knew that person back in high school and we were like best friends because we were (laughs) on the soccer team it's like all of a sudden y'all are associated right that's entrepreneurship is like there's going to be a lot of this awkward uncomfortable phase and then you're going to reach the top and part of it is because you're no longer in this quote-unquote tribe of corporate life because you are the tribe leader in training You're the tribe leader in training and it is a long duration. Like they talk about shamans going to the jungle, I think for eight years to study shamanism and to study the plants and to speak to the plants and to be with the plants. And it's like, then you have somebody that comes out and they're like, I'm a shaman. Like I've been doing this for two months here in California. So I'm a shaman, right? So there's a difference of somebody who goes out and almost treats it as a ritual with honor. This process is ritualized and honored and Part of that is because you're going to be, I'm going to be able to go back and teach people. That's what I want is to go back and teach young entrepreneurs like, hey, this part that you've hit that's hard, you are good. And I'll tell you why from a spiritual perspective. I'll tell you why from an actual practical, logical perspective. And I'll tell you why from just life experience. And have you ever been that person where you have a mentor, say one sentence, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Like, they just change your world because they're like, I can do this. And they're an expander. And just the fact that I know them means I'm going to get to that level.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of my mentors are my closest friends. And a lot of the feedback that I've got over the years, like one of my, one of my most dear friends, he's the founder of Preptador Fias. And after a podcast we were shooting, I was like, what's my superpower? And I just like asked him that question and he goes, are you serious? He literally was like, ask if I were to go around and ask a handful of people how they know each other here in Austin, Texas, who would they point at? Or if they went to an event or if they were doing something cool, were you in the room with them at one point? He's like, man, like your superpower is you connect people and ideas and, and, inspire and motivate people and in that moment that was when i was like podcasting has to be my life and i have to do whatever it takes to continue to do that because i can't scale like one-on-one conversation i can't scale that like it's like there's only so many people i can talk to in a day and events i can do in a week and yada yada but with conversations somebody can listen to this conversation for the next five years, five years go by, they could Google something and, and Ellen comes up and I started realizing like, wow, I'm connecting that, those two people and that's my superpower. So what you were just saying that didn't hit until this is probably a year into my podcast. So I was already doing things and I was doing hard things. And I think that's where this really reminds me of, you're talking about the glass cage and you're going to get cut going through that glass cage. Mm. The body heals itself though. So good. That's the thing that we always forget is that our body innately is built to handle hard things and our society nowadays has reduced the amount of hard things. So I'm watching this thing. I'm watching this show on Netflix called Alone and they literally like put people out into the wilderness to like And whoever can last the longest gets $500,000. So like they they just drop them off with like they get 10 items that they get to choose from. They have to build their homes. They have to like figure out how to fish and hunt and collect. And these are all experts at doing this. I don't just put you or me out there. Like it would not end well if that happened. But these are experts that go out there. And you see how much suffering even the experts go through. But you start realizing like – I think I'm on like day 45 or something. These people have been out there for 45 days, barely eating, struggling, and somehow they still seem to smile and be happy throughout their days. And you start understanding well, actually, this is what the human experience was meant. Like, our human body was meant to do that. It's not meant to have Uber Eats delivered to us or even I love working remote and I love the way the world is now, but like to just wake up, put your boxers on and then be able to sign on and then like do that on repeat over and over and over again. We have just been conditioned where we don't even know what our bodies are capable of or our minds are capable of because we've literally technology has solved so many of those issues for us. I don't know where I'm going with this. It just, that's what it reminded me of. It just like a lot of the blocks that people have, are solely there because they don't understand what their body mind and spirit are capable of because we've literally conditioned them to get we've conditioned society to get rid of it
0: right and i think that's our job as heart-centered leaders and mentors to be like i've been through exactly where you're going my favorite one is when somebody hits a wall for me to be like great that's exactly where you're meant to be because right after you pass through this which will Quite possibly be the most difficult thing you've ever done. That is where everything you've ever wanted, but you gotta push and you gotta push hard. Um, Something I wanted to bring up too is like part of the reason why they're out there, they're living in pain, but they're still you know, they love what they're doing. They love being out in nature, I imagine. And they're experts at it because they've already done 45 days, you know, back at home, probably on their own. They've already practiced it over and over and over again. So the difference between them and somebody new is that they're only battling the physical environment. When you're battling the physical environment and the practical solutions that you need to build a house to get you out of the sun or whatever, that's one thing. When you're doing both of those and now battling your mind, are we going to survive? Are we going to make it through? It just makes it 10 times harder to get through anything. And the one other point I wanted to share, because I'm really passionate about this, is that when you go through and you break through the glass cage, yes, you will get a little cut up and yes, your body will heal. What your body has a much harder time healing from is when your morals and your values are not in alignment with what you're being asked to do. That is a whole different ballgame. You want to work hard towards something. You want to build a business. You believe in what you're doing. That is incredible. It's got a different feeling of things being hard than when somebody is making you question your values. So if you're ever in an environment where you're like, something's not right here. Like, I don't think that this is the right thing that should be happening. You can always have a conversation, but always know, you know, you got to break through that glass cage and realize that you have to choose yourself and choose what's right.
1: Nothing changes. If nothing changes. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a an, an amazing point where I remember like when I was in sales. So you mentioned sales earlier and my, the leader of the tribe of that sales, like I went through sales training and I finally was going out and doing sales. And then I saw him try to make sales and I didn't like it. And that was one of the main reasons I left because I'm not going to, I'm the new guy. I'm not changing. If we were animals, like it would be a different story. Like you fight the, you fight the tribe leader and then now you're the tribe leader, right? Like that just doesn't work in human nature. So, I mean, today it doesn't work in human nature. I, I don't want to fight anybody. Um, but the only way to change that was I had to change. And what you bring up there raises, I think another issue, we are brought up in is like pointing fingers to the external rather than looking internally. Okay. I'm in this situation in this environment and I don't like what's going on here. I have two options, change the environment or change myself and go to a new environment. And it's, it's that simple. It's, I think people make things more complicated than they need to be. It's, it's pretty much black and white. And one reason I ended up in Austin, Texas was, I was living outside New York, and I look around, and I'm like, I don't like what I see. I don't like who I am in this environment. There's two options. Well, I'm not changing the New York City environment. It's not going to happen. It's been like this for however long. It's fast-paced. People like to party. It's very driven around money and status. I'm not going to change it, so I have to change myself and take myself out of that environment and go somewhere else. And for me, that has been super impactful is – understanding what environments that I need to be in to help myself, but then also to help other people. So for you, what environments have you tried to put yourself in that have made an impact on your ability to execute and your ability to lead and your ability to coach?
0: Mm, That's a really good question. I wanted to touch on one other thing that you said, because it was so good about having two options is... You know, change the environment or change yourself. And one of the reasons I'm passionate about building up a culture of heart centered leadership is there is a different environment, you know, where you can't change somebody. But imagine if that culture was, hey, I value your opinion and I want to hear why you think that's not right. And I also want to explain why I'm not moving forward because it's not that your opinion is not valid, it's because X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to also because I value your opinion, I'm going to also raise this up to the CEO and we're going to see what's done. Now we're a mission. Now we're a tribe because these hierarchies exist in the corporate workplace where you don't feel like you have a say, then people end up leaving and they're good people. They're good employees. And then turnover gets higher. But, um, this is where I really like to bring up an online th- the idea of a synarchy, and in a synarchy, I had to look this word up too. But it essentially means we all rise up together. So in my world of promoting heart centered leadership, no one is better than one another. You have a different skill set, and you have a different amount of years that you've put into this. But that doesn't mean that you're better than one another. We all come up and we rise up at the exact same level of respect, and. When you are able to create an environment where somebody who may be junior level and the amount of experience they have or their skill set is different than you, and you say, hey, so-and-so, what do you think about this? Now I'm empowered to give my opinion. And when somebody is continuously empowered and valued despite anything else, a level of creativity unlocks in their ability to problem solve, and that is going to change their life forever. That is going to empower them to know that their opinion matters. And I want more of that, more businesses where they're empowering people to speak up. Um, okay. So what, what environments have I been put in that
1: challenged? That helped you and like challenged you to grow into who you're, who you currently are, because I'm a big believer in the rising tides lift all ships, right? Just like you said, we all rise up. What was that word? Syn- Synarchy. Synarchy. So it plays off that, like in environment, like Austin is very, I'm not even, I'm going to butcher the word again. So it's very much that (laughs) we all help each other. Yeah. Great example is Noah. You you were chatting with him before this when my camera was messing up. He saved the day because it didn't make me feel as awkward trying to fix (laughs) this camera when you're just sitting here. But we're partnered in a few things, but then he's partnered in, in, a, in something else with somebody else, and I'm partnered in something else with somebody else. But what we all do is exchange information and resources and knowledge and empathy and our energy with each other to help everything grow. The whole pot grows. The whole pie grows. If you make a bigger pizza, more people get a slice of the pizza. But most people are more concerned with them getting a bigger slice rather than them creating a bigger pie whatsoever and i know that the best leaders and just from hearing you speak like you're super knowledgeable it didn't just come from you just sitting in your room by yourself like you were surrounded by either other environments or you're going to conferences or you mentioned podcasts earlier that you're consuming but physically i'm talking more like physical environments how long have you been in austin what would your advice be to people uh that are maybe not happy with their environment so you can kind of tailor this however you want but that's kind of the way that i was i was viewing it is what role did environments play in your life
0: Mm. so i am a big believer in self-awareness as my guiding strategy and one assessment that i take from assessment um is human design. And I'm a reflector. And part of being a reflector is your environment is number one. Like my environment has to come before everything else. I remember I would apply for jobs and I'd be like, I care for sure about the pay. I care for sure about my job roles and like whatever. But at the end of the day, I need to meet the boss and know that we have a human connection. I have to be able to feel into it. I only need like five seconds with somebody to be able to like get a pretty good read with them. And then I need to see like, what is my everyday environment going to look like? Because that will tell me, If I'm going to be able to succeed. Um, So environments are really important. That's why I'm really big into leaders creating environments where their team feels safe, safe to like really express and be themselves because. All the reasons that I mentioned. I had a boss in my last corporate job and he was incredible. Values aligned. He was human, so funny, sar- so sarcastic. And he really treated everybody like we were all on the same level and we all had an opinion to share. And I remember we would be in these like really t- intense 20 person meetings and you know, you would have one person going off, things would start to get heated, and he would just say something totally inappropriate, some sarcastic joke that's so inappropriate, but it would break everything. And it was little moments like that, that he showed everybody else, hey, you can be human. And there's other corporate environments where it's like you like talk and act like a robot, like don't even try to have personality because there's no room for that. You know, We only need to get work done. You're as good as like what you can produce, et cetera, et cetera. So having an environment where something like that exists yeah. And I've been in challenging environments too. And I've just learned the what it does to my physical body to keep myself quiet when I know that there can be a better way. So my my specialty is time and energy and workflows. So if I can find a faster way to do it, that's just as efficient, gives just as much value, I'm going to speak up and say something. What else is really cool is that with my business consulting, when I go into business teams, and even with my work supporting heart-centered leaders, both of those opportunities, I get to be in a position where I'm in the ear of the leader. And whether they want to take the advice, you know, is regardless. But when I go and do a process assessment, that's also part of leadership training where I'll be like, hey, by the way, the way that the form in which you're communicating with your employee is hindering their work efforts. And if you want to communicate in this way, because this is the type of feedback that they are best able to receive, whatever it is, then that'll allow you and your team to be more efficient. So to put it and to phrase it in a way that's gonna benefit them in process terms, but at the same time, I'm protecting this employee from being in a position where they're not vibing with their manager. I mean, I can't do that with everybody, but that is my goal is that in small ways I get to be in their ear to let them know like anything that's causing resistance in the in the business is a going to affect you mm. in the moment you don't want to make that decision because you're you're wanting like well i just need them tell them to get it done as fast as possible it's like but how many times are you going to give them fire drills you know it's gonna end up burning your team out
1: so death by a thousand paper cuts
0: yes exactly
1: It's how most, most businesses die because of indigestion, not because (laughs) of starvation. Right. They, they die because there's, there's little things that they keep doing over and over and over again that they don't want to address. And then it just becomes overwhelming. People burn out. And another thing you you mentioned that employees leave, most of the employees that always leave businesses, I've realized aren't the bad employees. It's always good ones. Like the bad employees stick it out. They're like, I got this paycheck. I'm going to do as little as possible. The good employees, when they get fed up, those are the ones leaving. So for businesses out there, make sure you're realizing that, that most of the people, if you, if you treat them well, they're gonna stick around for a while because great people that have high integrity, they wanna work with other people with high integrity on things that they believe in. And they'll, they'll stick that out and fulfill that mission. But you mentioned time, and it's something that attracted to me on your social media, and I've been waiting to ask this question. I saw the pie chart that you created. Is this something that you were always obsessed with, or is it something that kind of getting into the product management and process-oriented worlds uh, created?
0: Hmm. I don't think it ever occurred to me, but it's definitely a vehicle to everything that we want. Like I always say, if I could see and read somebody's time audit for an entire week, I could tell a lot about them. And it's funny because we think that we're doing a lot of stuff, but then when we actually do the time audit, it's like, oh, like (laughs) I actually didn't do that much. Or, um, it's just one aspect of what is a time audit? Let's start there. Okay. So so a time audit. So time audit is when you go through an hour by hour for one week, you're super disciplined and you write down exactly what you do. And then we go in and quantify those hours, designate them into very specific categories, let's say four or five categories. And we want to line those up as best we can to what's your health and wellness? What is your social relationship life like? Um, how much time are you putting into your business? How much time are you putting into your sales? Like we can quantify anything that you want, but being able to go through and look at an actual pie chart to see where the percentage of your time is going is really helpful. And you even doing the time audit, just being aware of where your time is going, you're already going to be more successful and, and more um, efficient. But I recommend doing a time audit. Now I also believe in balance. So I'm not a super stickler about time necessarily. I just believe that we should be aware of where our time is going. And I also think that time is a symbol of respect. So I think it's mutual respect, right? I do this, it's called the melt system of abundance. So people think that, oh, I don't have enough time. It's like, actually, you have a lot of time. We just need to be strategic about what you're investing your time in. Why are you investing your time into that? What's draining your energy? What takes away your time? And what do you actually want? What's your vision? What's your goal? What lights you up? And how can we create a plan using time and energy to get you to where you want to go?
1: Facts. <laughs> <laughs> most people don't know this, but I created the acronym thrive, like time, health, relationships, uh, income and investments, vision and experiences. I did not most know people that. waste their time, their health and their re- most people waste their time, their health and their relationships trying to accrue an income. Yep. So when I coach or work with clients, the first thing that we do is also like a time audit. So that's why I was like, it lit me up to, to see that on your page and to see the pie chart. And when I talk about it, it's mostly like, I don't give a shit what you do. Just don't complain to me that you can't do something like that. That was where I was coming from. And you just need to be intentional with time. Like, I don't care if you watch Netflix, but like, don't watch Netflix and then tell me you don't have time to go to the gym or you don't have time to listen to this podcast that I sent you. Because like a lot of what I do is helping educate people in certain ways. And education comes from a million different pathways. Like it's not just me telling you it's, here's a book, here's, you got a journal, you got to listen to an audible book, you got to go to this event, yada, yada. And most people will say that they don't have time. But just like you're saying, like, it's about having respect for yourself and having high integrity. And most people don't view time as like time and integrity in the same sentence. But we are so quick to give our time to other people and not quick to give a block of time to ourself. And that can look in a million different ways. And it goes back into just understanding what it is that you're trying to do at the end of the day. So I really like that and I wanted to to pick your brain on that. How many people because this is the thing that I've found when i found when I ask them about their time, like, it's just like finances. They're super hesitant to really look at their time because we know, like, <laughs> like we, we know where we're wasting time. And it's funny, in the men's group, the other, a couple of weeks ago, we, one of the questions was like, what do you need to stop doing or, or something like that? And for me, it was the transition periods. I'm really good when I'm dialed in. But I can like (laughs) I can go off the beaten path and like not and veer off for like an hour or two when it needs to be like 10 minutes. Yeah. So really, I was reflecting on my time. It's like, oh, like a great example is right after this, I'm driving to the gym. But like I'll take 30 minutes to drive to the gym. That's five away. How do I cut back? Well, no, I'll like, after this, I'll pick my phone up. Uh, I'll like take 10 minutes to fill my water bottle because I'm like scrolling on my phone while I fill my water bottle while I put my supplement in there. Rather than being like, I'm going to focus on putting my supplements in there. Then I'm going to focus on getting my book bag, everything in my book bag. Then I'm going to focus on getting to my car. And then I'm going to focus on driving to the gym that cuts things down. And that's where most people waste the most time. It's not even like yeah, you're 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 probably doing a lot in a day, but how much time is just slipping through because you're not respecting it in Ooh. in the first place. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. And that's, really that's like me. Point.
1: I don't respect the transition times. I don't realize that like if you waste 30 to an hour to 2 hours in transition times, like how much more you get out of the day even if it is like I'm going to spend 30 minutes just relaxing and chilling cuz I'm all about that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that uh, with my systems, I approach it in the way of balance. So I'm not actually, I don't build out, I I build out people's schedules sometimes in coaching. Um, And I don't do it because I want you to follow a rigid structure and for you to be structured. I do it because now you have a guidance system of where you are playing in your, in your week. So you can see your week ahead and you can know where all your time's going. And it's okay if you don't meet every single time block, but you will be surprised at how much more efficient you'll be just knowing you have a guidance system. And for stuff like, that I'm like it's okay like it's okay to take 30 minutes and do that like it's okay because you're so focused and dedicated in every other place of your life like those little things I'm like yeah
1: yeah it's it's almost like pick I forget who says this but like oh uh, I'll just go revert back to the quote that I always use which is like if you have to swallow two frogs follow the biggest one first which means like in the day like pick the hardest things to do get them done and then like your time afterwards it really doesn't matter like if you do that consistently over the course of your life like you're not gonna have to be super strict with your time you're gonna you're gonna be able to just flow if you pick hard things to do like first thing in the morning or like get them done, it won't matter the transition time. So I just wanted to clarify that as well as just like the struggles that I have is when I don't do the hard thing and then I'm transitioning and then I'm just like, what time slip by? Um, I don't recommend doing that. But like you said, looking at it in the first place is going to have a major impact. Even if you're just looking at it, you're innately going to get better, but we're getting close to the end of this conversation here. Um, as always, I wish I could just continue to, I, can't, I look forward to today. I can have three hour uh, conversations and make the time to do that and have the team that has the bandwidth to do that. Um, but these days, um, I don't just yet. We will get there. But before we wrap up, I kind of want to tailor it towards what it is you're actually doing today and what you're trying to grow. So maybe someone out there could benefit from your services, what you're providing, and then they can connect with you after hearing this podcast. So, Feel free to have the floor to talk a little bit about, like you mentioned, helping heart-centered leaders. Like, what does that look like? Do you have programs? Like, how can they reach out to you? Um, The floor is yours to kind of just run through that.
0: Yeah, thank you. I would say to anybody listening that if you are somebody who knows that they have value to bring to the world, and everybody does, but you've recognized that you have value, you have something to bring, and you're at a hard spot Um, you're struggling, you can't really see the next step. Let's have a conversation. Um, I want to make sure that you are supported in every way possible in life and business, that everything else is stabilized in your world. So you can really connect into your creativity and bring your gift to the world. That is what I want to see more of. And I want to see a lot of people with the ability to do that. Um, So let's just start that off with a conversation. I could go into, yeah, I have a a three-month program and a VIP day and all that stuff, but actually I want to custom curate based on whatever somebody's working with and the budget that they're working with too. I also have a podcast that is near and dear to my heart. It's called Your Sacred Pattern. The idea is that every person has a unique sacred pattern and it's not so much about becoming something as it is about unbecoming or releasing any of the blocks that are limiting you from connecting back into the magnetism of your path. So check that out, I would love for uh, you to hear that. And yeah, other than that, I'm just so grateful to be here and to share these messages with everybody
1: Heck yeah. This is an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for spending some of your pie charted time with me. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, kidding. Um, The last question I always ask everybody, uh, last two things, is how can somebody, if they did hear you and they connected with you and they want to connect with you further, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
0: Mm, I think Instagram. So my Instagram is at Ellie underscore B as in boy T as in Tom. And that's just the best way to connect with me. Everything else is on there. If they want more information about the stuff that I ramble on about or my website, it's all there.
1: Awesome. And last question, if if you were to define thriving, how would you define that?
0: Ooh, very good question.
1: Much like your sacred pattern you believe everybody has their own own way I believe everybody has their own definition of what thriving on life means to them.
0: Yeah. For me, that really feels like less about drive and success as it is about creating power and enthusiasm from something so deep within you. That's now becoming the motivation for anything that you're doing and operating in your world, because that thrive is such so much of a stronger word. It's coming from a deeper place of enthusiasm.
1: That was a unique, like, I I hear this multiple times a week for every week throughout the year, and I haven't heard something where they're talking about a deep place of enthusiasm yet, so I love that. I'm excited to share it. Thank you again for spending time here, and at the end of every podcast, I reflect on what the biggest lesson was that I took away, and I really love how you talked about breaking through that glass cage. I think for me, I can reflect back on my life and multiple times where I knew I was going to get cut and I knew that it was going to be hard to, to break through. But once I did, it's like this relieving feeling and knowing that I trust my body, my mind and my spirit to continue to move forward. And I'm in a phase like that literally this summer, um, I'm signing up to take more risk literally within the next month or two and that kind of gave me the frame of mind like at the other end of the glass is going to be this next level to the game so i appreciate how you articulated that and i love a lot of the stories that you're sharing with today and i look forward to getting this out into the world The best thing y'all can do if you're listening to this is please help share uh, Ellen's story and this podcast and go check out her podcast. Uh, The more information and education we can get out into the world uh, will help all of us do a better job of thriving on life. So until next time, this is CJ Finley. Thrive on, y'all.